Welcome, Bird Gang. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. It was certainly a newsworthy holiday. We'll get into what the absence of Larry Fitzgerald means on today's show. Also, how is Kyler Murray? The daily update continues. Plus, it's a football Friday, so Mike Jarecki has his three keys for a victory in the always popular X Factor. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 359, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So I think, MJ, a lot of us had the same reaction as a DJ Humphreys who addressed the media earlier today and asked about the news concerning Larry Fitzgerald. Quote, in my mind, Larry is invincible. Then he later added, quote, it was definitely a bigger surprise, end quote. Of course, for those that might not have heard by now, Larry Fitzgerald placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. He will not be able to play this week. Trent Sherfield also on that list. And remember, it's for players who either tested positive or came in close contact with someone who tested positive. The NFL Network reported that Fitz did indeed test positive. The team can't say anything one way or the other. Bottom line is you're not going to have number 11 on the field for a big game at New England. Yeah, clearly disappointing. Obviously, you know, uh, hopefully all the players that have been um, tested positive or around it, um, they get better because, um, you know, there's still a long uh, six games in a regular season. Yeah, I mean, it's just the fact that, you know, we talked all week about, you know, Cliff versus Belichick and, you know, Larry for years, everyone thought he was going to get traded to the Patriots. And, you know, he had an opportunity in the offseason to take that 100th century team and really got a chance to break down film of the greatest wide receivers, which he made the list. Um, but I, I'm, I'm curious to see, Craig, just from a number standpoint, you know, we're going to see some young players. Um, we know DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the go-to guy, and I, I anticipate unless Belichick does a Belichick and he, you know, doubles him and puts Stefan Gilmore on somebody else. I just don't see that happening. But we know Christian Kirk has made strides. Uh, Andy Isabella is in the second year. He's still making progress. Um, you know, I, I can get a lot of things on Twitter about, you know, it's time to get rid of Isabella. First of all, he's a second-round pick. Um, he's made progress. Um, he's active on game day. Hopefully he can provide something from the return game. But again, we see guys make jumps, but I think it's just too early to write them off. And, and I don't think that's the case. And then we're going to see Keyshawn Johnson. And from Trent Shurfield's standpoint, I mean, they're going to miss him on special teams. Now, you know, we'll get into it. Cliff also mentioned, you know, some guys in catch the ball, a guy like Dan Arnold and Chase Edmonds. So they'll have options, but, you know, the key is they got to run the ball. Um, they got to protect Murray. And uh, to me, get these young guys involved, give them some confidence early in the game to where you're not just relying on DeAndre Hopkins. And if you can get off to a good start, we go back to that conversation we had on Monday and then again on Wednesday, that certainly would play a huge part in how the game would be played second quarter, third, fourth quarter. You get out to a lead, then you can kind of dictate what you do on the offensive end. When you look at the Cardinals' depth chart and their game notes, and again, this is all unofficial, 
it is Andy Isabella who's listed as Fitz's backup. But it was interesting when Darren Urban asked Kingsbury specifically about Andy Isabella getting some more reps, and he mentioned that Isabella, and you mentioned it just moments ago, MJ, still progressing in our offense, but we have a lot of confidence in him. It doesn't sound like he's at the forefront of the head coach's mind, but he's going to have to play. If he doesn't play or doesn't play a lot, then I think that's a whole different conversation we're having. And then Keyshawn Johnson, here's someone we haven't seen active, let alone on the field, in the past five games. So I would think he would have an opportunity to get some reps. And those Isabella and Johnson, those are two rookies, part of that three wide receiver draft class, along with Hakeem Butler, that two years ago we were all in love with. And now here we are sitting back and doing that Monday morning quarterback thing and saying, you know, what's wrong? Why haven't these guys developed? Or in the case of Butler, he's not even on the team anymore. Yeah, and, and we kind of seen that coming, um, you know, but they gave him every opportunity to make the roster. Keyshawn Johnson, I mean, I, I really like what he did in September last year. You know, he was at, you know, four catches for 40 yards. And then obviously something transpired to where he wasn't um, showing up in practice, meaning mental errors. And so we don't see that. Um, but I definitely think he's got the size. I think he's a good route runner. Now he's got to do the little things, get off press coverage, come back to the ball, help your quarterback out. And when the ball goes to you, you have to catch it. That's what they define as a wide receiver. So, you know, you, you don't want to be playing mind tricks of yourself where I'm pressing. I have to make a play. Otherwise, I'm not going to be on the field. The pecking order, Hopkins, Kirk, Isabella, and then Keyshawn Johnson. And I would throw Chase and, and Dan Arnold in there. And, you know, Max Williams is a young guy. Um, but we could see, you know, two tight ends, two running backs in the game because Bel Belichick's going to come up with these unusual tactics. I mean, he again, I'm curious to see just a chess match, the first possession compared to the fourth possession. Uh, clearly you're going to have to make adjustments on the sidelines. I, I know that you get a little more time at halftime, but I, I think it's going to be a, the ultimate chess match, just Belichick in his defense against Kingsbury and their offense. And uh, based on how the offensive line didn't play well last week up to their standards. Um, I would assume Sean Kluger is going to get these guys back on the same page uh, to where they can control the line of scrimmage. That was not the case against the Seahawks. Arnold is an interesting topic or just an interesting piece to this puzzle because, as we've discussed here a lot on Cards Covered 2, just his height, his frame, he looks more like a wide receiver than he does a tight end. And how do you now utilize him as a wide receiver, whether that's in the slot or on the outside. And then Chase Edmonds, we know of the running backs, he's certainly one of the better ones catching the ball out of the backfield or certainly lining up at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and, and I, I would think Drake's going to get an option because you don't want to tip your hand. You know, uh, there was a time where, you know, Chase was the option there. But if they're going to run two running backs um, – you know, I, I think that one's going to be out in the slot and, and one could be on the outside. And that's where I think Dan Arnold down the seam. It seems like that's really the, 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 the open grass for Kyler and Dan Arnold. And we always talk about matchups, linebacker safety. Um, you know, the McCourty brothers, they haven't played up to par, but obviously they're experienced. They've played in big games, so they're, they'll be ready to play. But I'm just saying maybe you can get a matchup there. So I like the matchup with Dan Arnold whether it's a linebacker or a safety. 
Keyshawn Johnson's been active for three games this season. He's played into three catches for 29 yards. Of course, a lot of people will remember that week three contest when Christian Kirk was out and Johnson, who had missed the first two games because he had been on the reserve COVID-19 list, targeted seven times, which was a big eyebrow raiser. And then he kind of just kind of fell off. But there is certainly a connection between the quarterback and the wide receiver when you're talking about Kyler Murray and Keyshawn Johnson that maybe even though it has been a while that can maybe resume here in 2020. Yeah and the reason why he was inactive because he doesn't really play a lot on special teams I'm sure Rodgers has him you know working on that Trent Sherfield. Trent Sherfield's the fourth wide receiver and when Hopkins has to come out of the game or he's running a long route and he wants to catch his breath uh, the first guy goes in for Hopkins is Trent Sherfield. And unfortunately, he's not going to play. So you move up on the depth chart, you move up on the pecking order. And, you know, I'm sure it's frustrating sitting there watching other guys around the league that were drafted around you uh, contributing, uh, whether it was this year or last year. So, you know, this is an opportunity. And you know how I feel. All you can ask for is an opportunity. Now, when your number's called, you got to make sure you ring the bell. Now, the Sherfield absence, we don't see him a lot on offense, but you brought it up twice now, his role on special teams, especially on coverage, punt coverage, kickoff coverage. How do you replace that? And that is difficult because we've seen over the years now with Jeff Rogers that there are a handful of players that sometimes that's their main role. Yeah, they can play in a pinch on offense or defense, but a Dennis Gardeck, a Ezekiel Turner, a Trent Sherfield, those are your core special teams players that are just as valuable, even though they're not as on the field as much, but they're just as valuable as some of those regular rotation players on the offense or defensive side. Yeah, and I think we need to add Isaiah Simmons because really the guys that make the tackles are Sherfield, Turner, Gardeck, and now most recent is Simmons because, you know, Simmons, is, he's got the speed to go down there. And, and a lot of times in that first or second row, you're, you're going against wide receivers or running backs where he completely has the size over those guys. And so they want to kind of dip and they want to get in front of them, but he's trying to go through them. So those are the four guys uh, in Sherfield and, and Zeke and, and Gardeck. It seems like they're the four guys that get down there. And if they do get a return, then you see the Vallejos and, and Brewers try to get a tackle so you don't give up big yards on a return. But, yeah, I, I think we can include Isaiah in there. But he, Sherfield will definitely be missed. Now, there are a couple of options with respect to the wide receiver on practice squad, A.J. Richardson and JoJo Ward, the latter of whom an undrafted rookie out of Hawaii. And that's someone that if you're looking for a speed element that you certainly could use. Now, of course, that would require a roster move and teams – typically make those moves on Saturday. And I would expect the Cardinals certainly to make a roster move or two or maybe even three because of what is going on right now with respect to the reserve COVID-19 list. And then, of course, the injuries that this team is banged up all across the board, especially on the defensive side. Yeah, A.J. Uh, Richards, I didn't see him out there today. It doesn't mean he didn't come out after the open portion. JoJo Ward was number 14. I was kind of intrigued with him in training camp. He's a speed guy, but I think that is a bell. And when, when Cliff kind of tipped his hand about Dan Arnold and Chase Edmonds, I don't know how many wide receivers you can dress. You know, earlier in the week, Cliff said that they internally had discussed dressing all three quarterbacks this week. And I followed up today, you can figure in your five days later, and we know that Kyler Murray is, is going to start, um, barring some setback. And then we know that Chris Strebler is a guy that, according to Kingsbury, he's really picked up the offense and he's been 
very consistent him being the backup quarterback. So can you afford to dress Brett Hundley? And Craig, I'll say this, and, and I haven't talked to anybody. I'm just putting two and two together when it comes to Murray and you got to protect that shoulder. I think we're going to see Strebler, and I don't want Murray coming off the field, but this is a different situation. I think we could see Strebler in those third and ones and fourth and ones where he's willing to dive into that pile and get a first down. Very similar to Cam Newton, some of these other quarterbacks. Again, I haven't heard anything, but I do think Strebler will be a guy that they can look at. And he also plays on teams. He's a uh, punt protector. Um, we could, you know, at some point he can get the ball and throw it or run it, but he's also running down there. So he's playing on teams. He's definitely the backup quarterback, but it wouldn't surprise me if we see him in this short yarded situations to take pressure off of Murray and that getting that shoulder hit. A couple of follow-ups there. And one of them you reminded me and it triggered something else, but with respect to seeing Strebler on the field in short yarded situations, we saw that earlier in the year. He hasn't attempted a pass. He certainly can hand the ball off as he's done with Christian Kirk a couple of times. And Murray is either, you know, split wide or just kind of standing on the field, but close to the sideline and not really a part of the play. Or maybe you run something exotic and all of a sudden it's, it's really special. Going, yeah. <laughs> you were you were having Strebler throw the ball to Murray. Murray. Who, who, who knows? Right. But if Strebler is going to be continuing in that role on special teams, then maybe you do need to have Hunley active if Murray is not quite 100%. Because then if Murray goes down or has to leave and Strebler gets hurt on special teams, then you're out of luck. <laughs> then you got Patrick Peterson saying, hey, remember me. You know, I, I want to be that emergency quarterback out there. That's just me thinking and, and assuming the worst and preparing for a catastrophe come Sunday, which I don't think is going to happen. But that's all I'm sure being discussed in those front office and coaching rooms that, hey, you know, if this happens, then this, then this. We can't have this, so let's do this. Uh, that's all these different scenarios play out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a fair point. I mean, again, we we don't know when injuries are going to occur. So those are really hypotheticals. So I, I do think Straveler definitely will be the backup. No surprise, he's been the backup all year. But I do think in this game, uh, we could see him. And as a punt protector, you know, based on the front, you can take the ball. And, and if a guy releases, you could throw it. So the thing with him is he's got versatility. It's not like he's just a guy that comes in there and dives his head in the pile and hopes to get a play. Uh, they can run their offense. Again, Murray's clearly the, the guy. But I'm not saying he's dynamic like Murray in the, in the open field. Um, but it seems like he can command the position. And based on what Cliff said, you know, Commanding the huddle is very important. So when you go in there, you got to make sure your cadence is loud. You got to make sure your players know the play, checking out a play. So again, not ideal, but I, I do think it, in certain situations he may get that opportunity. And we've been very clear all week long, MJ, that we both expect Kyler Murray to play. There's nothing been seen or said that would make us think otherwise. The latest from Kingsbury earlier today: "Quote Kyler Murray has improved each day." Definitely feel like he's made progress, end quote. General Manager Steve Kime this morning on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, quote, I know we have done a good job rehabbing him this week, and he made some improvements. He later added, our expectations are that Kyler will be ready to go, end quote. Now, certainly on a Friday, you're not going to tip your hand one way or the other, even if Murray wasn't available to go. But there's been no indication, and obviously he finished off last week's contest 
but it's the days immediately after you play when things kind of pop up or you feel something different. But it would be a bigger surprise if number one is not on the field Sunday. Yeah, and when you see um, the open portion of practice over to – we weren't out there yesterday because they were in-house just doing a film session and walkthrough and testing. Um, you know, the first day he was out there was, you know – light throwing. Um, he would increase it a little bit during the open portion of the day. He was doing his normal drills. And then, you know, as we're walking off the field, they, they do this scramble drill and his velocity was fine. He was throwing a tight spiral. So again, um, got great doctors there heating. Um, I'm sure he's been getting treatment around the clock. Um, and then coming to the facility, going through practice, any soreness, work on it again. There's devices you can bring at home um, to stimulate it so there's no inflammation in the, in the shoulder. So I think they've done anything they can at this point. But um, I was encouraged what I was able to see this morning. That's definitely good to hear. Bird Gang, if you haven't already, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. For more, it is a football Friday here. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We will get to Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory and the always popular X factor. But uh, just one last note on Larry Fitzgerald, because this is amazing. He has not missed a game, MJ, since 2014. 94 straight games he's played. For some, that's more than a career. This will only be the seventh game he's missed in his entire career. So we talk about availability and being accountable, and certainly Fitz has done that. So it is going to be odd, and it is going to be different. And not only do you miss his presence on the field, but that calming influence off the field as well. Knock on wood, there are guys on that sideline that can step up and say, you know what? this is what we need to do or rally everyone together and say, all right, this is now where we're headed in this game. Yeah. You hope people are, are knowledgeable down in distance. And if you're trying to get the ball to the midfield, I mean, you grab the ball of the hand, give it to the official, try to line up for a field goal or, you know, a play one more play before maybe you have to make a decision on, on a punt or a field goal. So yeah, he's definitely going to be missed. And, and, and I spoke to exchange messages with Larry yesterday. He told me he was feeling great. So that's good. And, Again, he's not going to play. He's not going to travel. So hopefully we'll have better news next week. But he said, I don't feel any symptoms now. Again, um, you know, what transpired you know, and that mini bye week and everything else. Um, he obviously is around his kids. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know the situation with, you know, younger kids versus, you know, a guy that's a world class athlete. Their immune system are a lot different than some of the older people. But he told me he was feeling, feeling great. And that's really good news. So. I'm sure he's going to be sitting home rooting for the Cardinals, and I'm sure he'll be texting guys after the game if they can win because he knows what's at stake next week with the Rams. The only thing I can compare it to is the reaction when I heard Cam Newton had tested positive. And we're at that stage of the season and then this stage of the year where we've heard different athletes, different players, different professions, actors, actresses, that this disease knows no bounds and it's susceptible to everyone. Yet there are certain people you hear and it's like, wow, I mean, you take a step back. And that was what happened on Thursday when you, all of a sudden you see it on social media and you're just like, okay, well, 
you hate the you he's hate human the, well yeah but see people that's the other thing you hold these athletes to such high regard and as Humphreys mentioned we all think number 11 being invincible that he can't be touched but yes he is in that respect no different than either one of us hey is it a surprise that Larry Fitzgerald caught COVID he catches everything <laughs> How long have you been waiting for that one, MJ? Oh, a couple hours. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> Deep thought. Well, let's hope you were a little bit better in your thought process here when you came up with your three keys for <laughs> victory here. It's the Cardinals at six and four. Visit the four and six New England Patriots. Again, 11 a.m. is the kickoff from Gillette Stadium. 6.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals need a win to keep pace or at least stay in the picture, if you will, with respect to the NFC West. And then, of course, looking at the entire NFC to begin with. But uh, your number one key or one of the first three keys here for a Cardinals win come Sunday. Contain Cam Newton. Now, he remains a legit dual threat. He's proven with nine rushing touchdowns, but don't let his passing to touchdown interception ratio. It's ugly, but Newton has been remained accurate um, on completing 69% of his passes for 1,900 yards. So, again, don't look at just the quarterback, you know, four touchdowns, seven interceptions. He also has nine rushing touchdowns, but in that passing, 69%. So, Cardinals pass rush can't under, underestimate him throwing ability and definitely can't understand his ability to sneak and pick up yards with his legs. Uh, if, if they're in short yardage situations, he's going to go under center and he's going to dive in the pile. So that's, I just think you've got to contain Cam Newton. The one thing with respect to his passing, and I know it was kind of up and down earlier in the season, but he is on a four game run without an interception. So that to your point, that touchdown interception ratio a little bit misleading when you look at the season overall, but just look at his last handful of games and completing better than 68% of his passes. And he is certainly sustainable to a pass rush. He's been sacked 15 times. So maybe not nearly as escapable as he once was when he was with the Carolina Panthers, but certainly, and in short yardage situation, absolutely because of his length and his size you got to make sure you're aware of what he does either out of the shotgun or under center. Yeah, the Cardinals own the league's most aggressive pass rushers, calling blitzes 41% of the time, 40.3. And they have the sacks to show up for 25 on the season. Nothing spectacular, but enough to put opponents on the edge. So that's where Hassan Reddick, Marcus Golden, Devin Kennard, Dennis Garduck have to contribute along with Isaiah Simmons if he gets a chance to play in the front seven. So they have to win on the edge. Uh, we'll find out more about their offensive line as we get closer to kickoff. But uh, the fact is the Cardinals are heavy blitzers, and, you know, they, they they did that with Russell Wilson the first time, and then Ken Norton did that to the Cardinals the second time. So I'm sure they'll have some kind of game plan. But the fact is uh, don't get misled on his stats because he's still effective. Um, and we know Jameer Bird, and I give him a lot of credit because I thought he was the only guy, according to Roy Green, which I trust, was getting separation a month of December last year, and he's coming off a really good game. Um, but I don't see them throwing the ball down the field. They still miss Julian Edelman on the on the go on the slant routes, and then obviously Rex Burkhart, who's really become a third down back, physical back, and he's on IR. So I just think you got to contain him 
And, you know, if the Cardinals can plaster coverage because they don't have a guy that's going to take the top off the defense, um, they'll throw to the running backs, they'll throw intermediate routes, and they'll take some shots 25 yards. If they can do that and get to the edge, keep Cam in the pocket, then maybe he'll turn the ball over and that will go a long way on the scoreboard. James White, got to pay attention to him. As a running back, he leads the Patriots in catches. Bird leads the team in receiving yards. But to your point, they do like throwing the ball to their wide receivers. And then on your other point, as far as winning on the edge, and not to call any one player out, but I would like to see a little bit more tangible production out of Devon Kennard, whether that's seeing his number in the backfield or getting some hits, getting some quarterback sacks, some tackles for loss. Now, I know he also spent time on the reserve COVID-19 list. How much did that affect him, if any at all? I don't know. But I was expecting, and we discussed it in the offseason, Chandler Jones on one side, Devon Kennard on the other. You lose 55. Well, 42 now, still out there. Kennard, I think we need to see a little bit more out of him as far as splash plays or just impact plays defensively. Yeah, you know, and sometimes you got to knock some of that rust off. And, and obviously when you're not able to work, I mean, be at the facility and going through the rigors of what it's like to be in the NFL daily. I'm sure he was working out at home, but maybe he had all the strength. His snap count was down last game. And I think that's the development of, of, of Hassan Reddick and Marcus Golden. I mean, let's be honest. If you're asking somebody to rush the passer, I'm going to put those two in there. I'd probably put him and Gardick, you know, third. So his numbers were down and maybe he's just knocking off some of the rust, but they definitely need him. I mean, just to set the edge and, we know that they're going to try to run the football, whether it's Cam or Harris, the kid from Alabama, who's really their starter, even though, you know, they abandoned the running game last week, but they really ran the ball against the Ravens. So, yeah, I mean, it's you're going to have to get some production from your edge rushers in this game. And, you know, it's you know, we haven't talked about the D line, but, you know, Jordan Phillips was out at practice, but not practicing. And that's a good sign because maybe he's getting better. Um, but Josh Morrow, you look at Blackson and, and, and I'll tell you what. I like what Zach Allen was doing. You could see he broke a sweat out there, and he's he's a guy that probably doesn't get the credit, but he's a really, uh, really good on the edge. So maybe they'll get a better rotation there. And then obviously you bring in Pecco. They've been thoroughly impressed with him, energy, passion. Um, he basically told the staff, whatever you need me to do, I can do. So that helps. Zach Allen, I think, let's hope, we get that press release over the weekend, if not before, that that designated to return becomes active as far as to the active roster because that's something that could help. But I'm going to go back to something that Vance Joseph said with respects to Demata Pecco. And this, I thought, was interesting. This shows the familiarity, the four seasons that they spent together, too, when Joseph was the head coach with the Broncos. But here is Vance Joseph on Pecco, quote, he came in two days ago, and this is Joseph speaking on Tuesday. He came in two days ago and didn't make one mistake, end quote. So, and that's, you know, he might not be as skilled or athletic, but that's just the veteran savvy and understanding where you're supposed to be, stay in your lane, and don't try to do more than what a certain assignment has been laid out for you. Yeah. Uh, again, we don't talk about time, time signings during the seasons, more what they do right before training camp and pull out of somebody left field, John Abraham during the season, Dwight Freeney. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
he's got experience. I mean, uh, again, I, I think he, he played D tackle. I think he played D end. Um, he made a guy that you could stand up and then he'll rush or he doesn't have to put his hand in the dirt. Um, but I definitely think he's worthy of playing time. I, I would consider him a plug and play guy, whether he starts his one play is to start the game. But I do think when we, at the end of the night, um, we're going to look at the snap counts the following morning and say, okay, he was part of the rotation. All right. So we've got one contained Cam Newton and then, was number two, or we just kind of like flowed into the conversation? No, no, no. Number two is okay. utilize other playmakers. I'm saying don't try to force it to DeAndre Hopkins if Stefan Gilmore's on him. You, you work. I mean, he's got to get his touches just to keep it balanced. But I want to see them get Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, Andy Isabella, Dan Arnold, um, Keyshawn Johnson. You know, I, I want to see them get these guys involved in the offense early so they can build some confidence and. You know, without Fitz out there, we'll see how many wide receivers they trust because I agree with you. We're going to see some roster moves. We we see it every Saturday about 2 o'clock, and hopefully Zach Allen's on that list. And, you know, I, I'm wondering if they, if they can afford to trust another wide receiver like JoJo Ward for depth. But, again, they already, they already have their special team and their specialists. So I think you got to utilize to get other players involved besides Hopkins. I just think it, it could be the first quarter. Uh, clearly he's going to be involved in the offense, but I don't want Kyler Murray to force it to Hopkins because he doesn't have Larry Fitzgerald in the slot and everything kind of changes a little bit where guys are lining up. Makes sense? Was, yes. And that was something that Pash Wolfley and Calvisi were noticing on the broadcast last week, Cardinals at the Seahawks, that it seemed like Murray was always looking for number 10. But to your point, if you spread the ball around, you give everyone a little bit of a look. One, they feel like they belong on the field, that they're part of something. And then two, I just think this offense just looks a little bit better in sync, in flow, however you want to describe it, when there are seven, eight different players that are being targeted and catching a ball, whether that's a wide receiver, a tight end, or a running back. Yeah, and we talk about getting off to a good start. And, you know, people are saying, well, maybe Cliff should defer, take the ball, you know, kind of build the momentum. But if you get these guys involved in the game early and let's say they're able to go down there and kick a field goal or get a touchdown, that will go a long way when it comes to, okay, we feel like we have the edge in this game. Talent wise, the Cardinals are the better team, but coaching wise, you got to give the advantage to the Patriots. On paper, this is a very winnable game and you'd be highly disappointed if you did not win yet. We have certainly seen where Cardinals walk off that field when they're the better team, but they did not come away with the win. All right. Number three, Mike Jarecki's third key for victory. Offensive line. Cause you know, Belichick's going to come up with some exotic stuff. I mean, he could put a spy on, he, he could run a three, three, five. Um, so the offensive line, they got to get back to form like they did uh, over the previous two years. Uh, I'll give him a mulligan for last week, give Ken Norton credit, but uh, Murray was hit seven times. I'm not, I mean, that doesn't worry me. It's how the hits come, but no false starts, no holding penalties, unless the quarterback, no safeties in the end zone. You got to know that down and distance stuff, Murray, throw it away. The offensive line has to protect and it starts right when they get on the field because they have to win the, uh, the point of attack. And I didn't think that the, the D line and O line did that against the Seattle game. So I'm sure Kugler will have these guys ready, but, they have to be able to protect Murray, protect the edges, and allow the Cardinals to run their offense. Did you happen to catch Mason Cole on the Big Red Rage? Because I thought he was very honest 
and his assessments on how the offensive played. He told Ron Wolfley and Paul Calvisi, quote, we didn't do our job as an offensive line. And I think we all saw that, but you have to recognize it if you're one of those players in there. Cole then said, Sean Kugler, not worried about it. He trusts all the players in that offensive line room. And then added, quote, people have bad games. Groups have bad games. And it was just one for us where we just didn't do our job, end quote. I think that offensive line room, they are very ready and anxious to get back on that football field because, well, through 10 games, one bad game, yeah, but it stuck out like a sore thumb because, one, the team didn't win, and, two, there was a lot on the line, a lot at stake, and we've just been accustomed to a, a very good offensive line, and that's not the offensive line that we saw on Thursday night football. Yeah, and that's why I give them a mulligan. They, they get the benefit of the doubt from me because I see body of work. I mean, if you want to make snap judgments and, again, you know, people want instant results, I get it. But uh, I think they'll be up for the par, and that will go a long way. Getting off to a good start, winning the line of scrimmage, play action, RPOs, and utilizing some of this young talent they have on the outside. All right, so Mike Jarecki's three keys for a victory. Contain Cam Newton, utilize other playmakers, and offensive line play, all very pertinent here in this Week 12 matchup at the New England Patriots. And then, of course, the X factor in this ball game. We don't have to worry about weather, knock on wood, come Sunday. All right, X factor. Well, this guy cut his teeth being a special teams coach. He's won six Super Bowls. I think special teams could be uh, the X factor. Um, is Belichick going to play field position? Because let's be honest, they want to keep Kyler Murray on the sidelines, but that means they got to get pick up first downs. Does he, does he do anything? I'm not saying he's going to do any tricks or something, but be on your P's and Q's when it comes to their, their punting and their kickoff, because I think in in the perfect world, they want to steal a possession from the Cardinals and it makes total sense. So I think the X factor special teams protect the ball. Hopefully we get some kind of return from Kirk or Edmonds. Um, but also covering their, their special teams because they they work on that just as much as they work on offense and defense. And quite frankly, all teams do. We just don't talk about it enough. And Belichick was among the first head coaches that I saw when they changed the kickoff rule where you could fair catch it and all of a sudden it gets put to the 25-yard line. He was among the first. Seeing more teams do it now, and that is kick it to the goal line, kick it to the five-yard line, Because more times than not, those coverage units, you're getting downfield and you're making a tackle before you get to the 25, sometimes before the 20-yard line. Chase Edmonds, on his kickoffs, when he gets an opportunity, he's only averaging 21 and a half yards. Very simple math. You catch the ball at the goal line or the one-yard line, well, now you're starting inside your 25, and that's a win on special teams for your opponent. Yeah, and let's not forget about Justin Bethel. I mean, he's been a good special teams player. He's a great teammate. Uh, he does his job. Uh, obviously, you know, he's, he's strictly – and then Matthew Slater, he goes to the Pro Bowl every year. So – and then usually Belichick, you know, they they, they know the win there. And, again, it's supposed to be 47 and sunny, maybe 50 and sunny, so I don't know about the win. Um, but they they will try to steal a possession somehow, some way. And maybe it's a defensive play. But when you got Matthew Slater and Justin Bethel run down there in the McCourties, uh, they're a force to be reckoned with. And, and you look at special teams, Rick Gosselin does a really good job on the better special teams in the football. No surprise, the Patriots usually in the top three. Well, we haven't seen it yet, 
and that would be a fake, whether it's field goal or punt. It is certainly in the playbook. We have seen it before, specifically on punts. And you just wonder, to steal a possession or to keep the offense on the field, we know right now that Kingsbury believes that if they're going to keep the ball moving and it's fourth and short, they're going to go for it rather than try something fancy on a punt. But uh, I like what you're saying there as far as making sure that offense stays on the field because, you know, Belichick does not want to see Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and company on that field a lot at Gillette Stadium. There's no doubt. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this game, maybe because it's the next one. And, you know, there's a lot at stake getting the seven wins. And for the Patriots, they're trying to salvage their season. And I'm sure you'd like to finish eight and eight if they, they don't get a chance in the playoffs because he's had winning seasons for a long, long time. Um, that's just a personal goal. Um, but yeah, I just feel like, you know, I'm, the reason why I'm looking for it is the chess match. We got a young second year head coach calling his own plays. He's got a, he's got a franchise quarterback. And then on the other side, you know, Belichick and his son, he's got two sons on the staff. One of his sons, Stephen Belichick could be calling the defense. Nobody really knows, but everything goes through Bill. And he, I just think he's going to show us something that Kyler hasn't seen. And you brought up a really good point early in the week, uh, Matt Patricia, who is uh, the other one? Brian Flores. Brian Flores. Perfect. Those guys, they, they've been successful um, defense. Now, we know Patricia's record is not great. And the way that Miami attacked us, I think it's going to be a little bit similar to what Belichick's going to do with his own game plan. But clearly, those guys took that game plan and that blueprint to where they went to. So um, I do think, you know, we're going to see something maybe Kyle hasn't seen in the past. Bird Gang, make sure you subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. One other note here on this Football Friday, Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. MJ, we got to give it up to the Bird Gang the first returns are in for the 2021 Pro Bowl. Again, there is no game, but rosters will be announced, so you will get credit as having a Pro Bowl season in 2020. And the Cardinals so far, very well represented. In fact, DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker, the top vote-getters at their respective positions, and Hopkins, the fifth most overall votes, trailing Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Dalvin Cook, and Travis Kelsey. So props to those two players, but again, props to the fan base out there voting in their favorite Cardinals. And I like what Baker had to say. He was asked about leading the uh, safety position. He called it a great thing, but then he added, quote, I'm trying to make it to the Super Bowl. So it's not something that's on his top of mind, but a lot of players certainly love the recognition after a successful season and, of course, Pro Bowl is one way of doing it. Being named an All-Pro is another. But this is from the fan base as far as who they want to see if there was going to be a game played in January. Yeah, and give Cardinal fans credit. Um, maybe they got some Texans fans that vote for DeAndre Hopkins. But, yeah, you, you know, that's because you got a couple primetime games and you're winning. And when you have the number one rated offensive football, even though we're more interested in how many points you score per game. Um, yeah, that's great. And, you know, 66 percent of the voting is done by players and coaches. 
So give the fans credit for 33%. Their peers will decide. And it's nice to see Mason Cole was on a list. Um, Kyler Murray was on the list. Um, so, you know, you look at it from that standpoint. But I, I do think Murray will, will be a, a, a Pro Bowl quarterback. It's just a matter of who's still playing in the conference. Is, is Brady and Breeze still out there and Aaron Rodgers? We know it's a virtual uh, Pro Bowl. But I, I do think uh, based on 66% peers and coaches, those guys will get in. Yeah, Murray, fifth among quarterbacks behind Mahomes, Wilson, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Peterson is seventh. Mason Cole, seventh, and Kelvin Beecham, fourth among tackles. And when we talk about the offensive line, everyone certainly deserving, but I know pro football focus has been high on both DJ Humphreys and Justin Pugh. So perhaps, you know, the Cardinals get some recognition, offensive line recognition when it comes to Pro Bowl voting with respect to Humphreys and Pugh. Well, that's what we've been saying for a while. I mean, they're not the worst offensive line. We talked about making strides. They definitely made strides. Uh, they ran for a ton of yards last year. They're averaging 5-2, maybe 5-1 now. Um, until you get a guy that gets to the Pro Bowl or all pro, then they're not going to get the recognition. But as a unit, they're, they're in the top five to ten, in my opinion. Uh, they're not giving up sacks. Um, yes, the penalties got to come down. Pre-snap and post-snap, we don't like. Um, but they'll never get the credit until they get one of those guys as an all pro or a Pro Bowl player. And that's unfortunate because it should be based on the unit, but we, we get into individuals. And again, I, I think if you're an opposing team and you saw the way DJ Humphreys has played and Justin Pugh, they're going to get coaches votes and players votes. Yeah. They're keeping Kyler Murray upright in the pocket and opening up running lanes for Murray, Drake and Edmonds, the number one rushing offense with respect to yards per carry. And that's a lot of that is because of the offensive line. All right, MJ, a prediction from Mike Jarecki as far as final score, and certainly I think we all expect this team to win. Put it this way, they need to win. They need to get this seventh win before they host the Los Angeles Rams one week from Sunday. I was going to go like 27-16. I think the Patriots get a touch on. Nick Falk is a really good kicker. Um, he's on a streak right now. Um, so I do think they'll get a couple field goals, and I've got the Cardinals scoring 27 points. So winning by 11, um, I'll take a one-win uh, victory. You know how it is. Just just come out of there, nice flight home, get ready for the Rams. But uh, I do like the Cardinals in this game, but it's going to come down to little things. You can't turn the ball over. You can't, you can't give them seven points before the offense gets on the field or the defense gets on the field. So they're, they're the obvious things that happen in any football game. But uh, on paper, they're, they're a better team, and I, I hope they have a little revenge in their, in their minds based on what happened against Seattle. It is always difficult to win on the road, maybe even more so at Gillette Stadium, just because of that head coach on the other side, that head coach obviously being Bill Belichick. 11 a.m. kickoff, 6.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. Of course, we'll join you for Cardinal Talk immediately afterwards, and then right here on Cardinals Cover 2 on Monday for a complete breakdown. On that note, Bird Gang, it's been a great week, a shorter week, a holiday week. Hope everyone is enjoying their holiday as well. Until next week, special thanks as always to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.